The Orioles infield seems to be the most crowded position on this roster. You've got a ton of young prospects and some solid veterans as well. So how will the Orioles parse it all out in spring training? We'll try to figure it out coming up on this infield preview episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to continue our Orioles spring training roster preview series. Last week, we talked about the starting pitchers and we talked about the bullpen. And some of what we talked about is a little different now because that was before we learned of the injuries to Kyle Bradish and to John Means. But today, we turn our attention to the position players, starting with the infield. Maybe the most crowded group on this Orioles roster right now. How will the O's decide who makes this team, who has what role? We will try to figure all of that out on today's episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. So let's jump right into the infield here. This is a talented group. This is also a crowded group for the Orioles. Now, what we do know is the O's will have 13 hitters to go along with their 13 pitchers that make the opening day roster. So you've essentially got 13 spots here for hitters. And usually, you know, you have two catchers. And we can start there. I mean, Adley Rutschman and James McCann, barring any injuries, are going to be the Orioles' two catchers once again, here in 2024, Adley coming off an amazing first full season in the big leagues. His Zips projection is a 124 WRC plus and a 4.7 war. According to fan graphs, I will take that from your catcher every single day of the week. He was a little bit better than that last year. 127 WRC plus plus 5.1 F war, but yeah, it's going to be good. And again, when I do these episodes and I talk about the Zips projection, Zips is the projection system done by Dan Simborski over at Fangraphs. Dan, who also happens to be an Orioles fan and a great baseball mind. And these Zips projections, I use the depth chart version of Zips projections, which not just takes into account a player's talent and what they've done in the past and what they could do in the future. It also takes into account the players around them and what spot they'll be on the depth chart. That is what I like this one the most. And it really comes into play when you look at an Orioles roster where, yeah, maybe on any other team right now, you'd have Jordan Westberg playing 160 games and getting at-bats every single day and getting 600-plus plate appearances. But maybe on this O's team, he's not an every-single-day player because they just have so much talent on the infield. That's why I use the Zips depth chart version. And then there's James McCann, who is in the final year of his contract here. He came over in the trade from the Mets with two years on the deal, and just a good, solid veteran backup catcher. I mean, he didn't hit much last year. It was just a 72 WRC+. plus. He was barely worth more than zero F-war, but, you know, he was he was fine. He was fine last year. I think he'll be fine this year. He'll give you more defensively than he gives you offensively, but that's exactly what you want from a backup catcher. He's a good veteran. He's in his 30s. He's been around. And the O's do have a little depth behind him in AAA if they need it, which we'll talk about. But 
You're always going to have two catchers. The Orioles did carry three catchers at times last year, and it could happen for a couple days at a time because they like to DH Adley more and have that third catcher. But generally you have the two there, which leaves you 11 hitter spots for your infield and your outfield. Now, generally, teams will go with six infielders and five outfielders to fill out those spots. And we know there's more and more guys who are utility players, and they cross back and forth between infield and outfield. But I'm going to project right now guys who are mainly infielders. And a lot of these guys I'm going to talk about can play a little outfield, which helps the Orioles in this decision. I'm going to project, though, seven quote-unquote infielders for the Orioles. That doesn't leave a lot of room, you know, for just four outfielders. But here's why I'm going to do that. So let's start after projecting Rutschman and McCann on the roster. Start with Ryan Mountcastle. Last year was a whirlwind. When he was on the field... He was good, 114 WRC plus for Mountcastle, but he missed a lot of time. That vertigo issue popped up in the first half of the season, basically missed a good amount of time, came back after the All-Star break and was really good, then missed a little bit of time later in the season. But overall, when Mountcastle was on the field, it was a success, but I mean, you got to think about how bad he was at times before he went on the IL trying to deal with the vertigo and hit a baseball. Sounds pretty impossible. Someone who's dealt with vertigo already and basically the same age as Ryan Mountcastle, not having nearly as bad of issues as he seems to be having, but it's tough to do everyday life, let alone hit a baseball. So hopefully he can get that under the control, and, and he's certainly going to be on that opening day roster. And then you've got Ryan O'Hearn in that mix for like a first baseman, but O'Hearn a little more versatile than Mountcastle. You, know, you can put him in left field. You can put him in right field if you need to. The Orioles did it multiple times last year. They tried doing that with Mountcastle a couple years ago, and it did not work out too well. But O'Hearn was one of the big breakout stories for the Orioles last season. 118 WRC plus for the O's. Now, they did a good job of hiding him against lefties and putting him in good spots, and he kind of turned his career around. His Zips projection for this year is a clean 100 WRC plus. That is an exactly league average hitter. I think he'll be better than that, considering what he showed us last year. But you never know, because it was five bad years in Kansas City and then one good year in Baltimore. So you just never know for Ryan O'Hearn, but he's going to be on this opening day roster. Then you go to the true, like, in-the-dirt, field-in-the-grounder infielders. And, of course, we'll start with Gunnar Henderson, who, whether he's playing shortstop or third, he's going to be in this lineup basically every single day for the Orioles. A fantastic AL Rookie of the Year season in 2023 with a 123 WRC plus and a 4.6 war, according to Fangraphs. He's projected to get even better, which is not surprising in 2024. Projected by Zips for a 126 WRC plus. And again, WRC plus is weighted runs created plus. Basically a stat that combines how well you hit for average, how well you hit for power, how well you walk. Puts together everything, all the different stats we have for hitters, into one batting number. And 100 is league average, so Gunnar Henderson projected for a 126 means he's projected to be 26% better than a league average hitter in 2024. With a 4.8 F4, that would be another fantastic season for Gunnar Henderson. Then we've got Jordan Westberg. I don't know what his role will be, but I know he's going to have a role on this Orioles team. Last year came up halfway through the year. Had a 97 WRC+, plus, 1.1 F4, showed he can play second and third at a high level. We know he can play a little shortstop. He did play some left field in the minors as well. Although Brandon Hyde did say on Monday, I believe it was, that 
They don't project to give Westberg a lot of reps out in the outfield. Don't really see him as a big-time option out there. He's going to stay in the infield, which is totally fine. They have other infield options who can play the outfield who are a little better out there than Westberg has been. But projected by Zips for a 107 WRC+, a 2.3 F war. That's just a really solid season for a guy who's going to be in the lineup a good amount, but is also going to play a role as kind of a roving infielder. And I think that could be his future role with the Orioles, but he's certainly got a, a spot on this team. So right there, of the seven infielders I'm talking about, there's four of them. Then you have the three others. And I'm giving a spot to Ramona Rios. Now, I still think he's a candidate to be traded before opening day. If the O's want to go get a pitcher, right? Maybe you want to go get a relief arm with some team control. Ramona Rios, to me, seems like a perfect guy to deal away. Who's like a valuable player, not too good, good defender, solid hitter, multiple years of control, but just is starting to get squeezed out a little bit of this Orioles roster. Had a 99 WRC plus last year, was basically a league average hitter, was basically a league average player. Like he, his defense was not at the gold glove level at third base that it was in 2022. He played more second base because of the arrival of, of Gunnar Henderson. But in general, Arias just had a, a solid season and, he, and he's projected for somewhat similar 97 WRC plus, a 1.1 F war, just to, to be a solid bench player. And he, he's a good utility guy to have. The only issue is he doesn't play any outfield. Now he can play first base too, which allows him to play all four infield positions, but he can't really run either. And I always think of a utility guy as a guy who can run a little bit. Arias is incredibly slow, especially for his build as well. It is rough to watch him run the bases, but he's still a valuable player on this team. I'm also giving Jorge Mateo a spot, and some people may not agree, but I think Jorge Mateo is going to continue to have a roster spot for the Orioles. Now, he was one of the best hitters in baseball in April last year, and then from May 1st on, he was legitimately, this is not just hyperbole, this is statistically the worst hitter in baseball who got regular at-bats from May 1st until the end of the season last year. That's how bad he was. He ended with a 67 WRC+, and despite the base running and the good defense at shortstop, it was just a .5 war for Jorge Mateo. Now, he's projected to be a little better with the bat this year, 82 WRC+, .6 war. But the Mateo thing is interesting this year because he'll be a good backup shortstop option, and now he's working out a little more at second base this spring training, according to Brandon Hyde. And Hyde and Elias have also both talked about it. It's something I brought up all offseason. Mateo is taking reps every single day in the outfield and specifically in center field. Now, he did play 20 innings in center for the Orioles last season when both Cedric Mullins and Aaron Hicks were hurt at one point. And also, he played some outfield when he was with the Padres and came over to the O's, and that's where he had been playing in San Diego for a little bit back in 2021. So he has some experience out there. And here is where I find the spot for Jackson Holiday. Because Jackson Holiday, right now, I'm changing this from my initial opening day roster projection from about a month ago. I want to put Jackson Holiday on the opening day roster. And the reason why I'm willing to do that is because I think Jorge Mateo will show enough in the outfield for him to be able to be the kind of backup outfielder slash pinch runner slash defensive replacement option and essentially replace Ryan McKenna's spot on the roster. As a right-handed hitter, Mateo, despite all his struggles, has been better at hitting lefties than McKenna has, and that's really what that role on the team needs to do is hit left-handers, and Mateo, despite all his struggles against righties, has been better than that. McKenna's been really bad against lefties and righties over the past two years. I just think that speed is such a weapon for Jorge Mateo, and even if it's just as a pinch runner and, and starting once a week, 
that is still a big spot to have on your roster to have that weapon at the end of games. And if he can play the outfield, he gives the O's a little bit of a platoon partner with Cedric Mullins in center if they need it, a defensive replacement at many different spots if they need it. I think he's valuable enough. He will get that outfield defense under his belt and be able to make this team over Ryan McKenna. So you can consider Jorge Mateo. He's still an infielder before he's an outfielder. But if you trust him to play the outfield and start against some lefties, he can take McKenna's roster spot as essentially the quote-unquote fifth outfielder when really he's more so your seventh infielder, but he can do both jobs. And that allows you to carry an extra infielder to start the season. And that allows you to give a spot to Jackson Holiday, And I tweeted about this last week about how Jorge Mateo's ability to play the outfield defensively weirdly could decide Jackson Holiday's role early in the season for this team. That is what I mean. If Mateo is able to double dip in the infield and the outfield, it opens up an infield roster spot. And you know who the next infield roster spot goes to is Jackson Holiday. Mike Elias has talked already this spring how he would like a left-handed hitting second base option. And although Holiday is a shortstop by trade, he is going to work out a lot at second base this spring, play a lot of games this spring in Sarasota at second base as well. Hyde and Elias have both said that. And I really do think long-term for the Orioles, both short-term and long-term, Jackson Holiday is going to play second base. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to play any shortstop. He will still play some short for the Orioles. But Gunnar Henderson has looked so good at shortstop and overall right now is the better player than Jackson Holiday. Gunnar's got short. Holiday's got second. And for now, Westberg's got third. But you've got Kobe Mayo waiting in the wings to try and take that position as well. And you still have Arias on this roster who won a gold glove at third base two years ago. If Jackson Holiday, even if you sit him against lefties sometimes, if Jackson Holiday, you know, strong side platoon to start the year, mostly against righties, against some lefties, can play a solid enough second base. There are a few questions still about Holiday's infield defense, but it's still solid. If he can play second, I think he's making this opening day roster, and that just makes this team even better. Now, his projections from Zips, pretty good for a rookie. 106 WRC+, plus, 2.7 F4 for Jackson Holiday. That is pretty dang good for a rookie, and that shows you that he is, as everybody has named him, the current number one prospect in baseball. And I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. The O's went out and got Corbin Durant. They're trying to win now. Let's give that spot to Jackson Holiday. But it's not a guarantee right now, right? Like, he's still got to win that spot in spring training, and there's still some things to be parsed out on this roster. There are still battles going on. There is still a roster bubble. We will talk about what the battles are and, and who's kind of also on the bubble that's outside of those seven projected infielders. That's coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 just if your bet wins. And you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
So we are previewing the Orioles infield here on today's episode. And just ran down right now my seven infielders I'm projecting to make the opening day roster. Along with the two catchers, Adley Rutschman and James McCann. I've got Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan O'Hearn, Ramon Arias, Jorge Mateo, Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg, and Jackson Holiday all projecting to make the roster. Again, that's nine players, leaving just four spots for the outfield. But if Jorge Mateo can move out and play some outfield, and we know Ryan O'Hearn can do it if they need it, and we know in maybe a pinch, Jordan Westberg can float out there if they need him to do it as well. But let's look at the roster bubble and the position batters battles for the Orioles. Again, you got the two catchers, 11 combined infield and outfield spots. I'm saying right now, seven infielders and four outfielders, but even though I'm listing Jorge Mateo as an infielder, I think he does enough in the outfield to double dip. And that'll be kind of the perfect connection here. You give you get the right-handed hitting outfielder that Elias has been talking about, and you get the left-handed hitting second baseman in Jackson Holiday that Elias has also been talking about. And I always say, you know, don't take all of Mike Elias's words at face value, but he seems to be hinting towards these things. And again, with the Corbin Burns trade, I feel like the Orioles are saying, let's win in 2024. Who helps you win in 2024? Jackson Holiday on the opening day roster. And of course, there's the bonus if he does live up to his name. If he does win the AL Rookie of the Year award and he's on the opening day roster, the Orioles will be awarded with another pretty high draft pick right in the 30s in the 2025 draft. And you know the O's will love that. Add it to the fact that they'll probably get a compensation pick after giving Corbin Burns the qualifying offer. And if he doesn't re-sign, they'll get a pick right around there as well from Corbin Burns. Michael Elias would love to get two extra draft picks, especially after trading one away to get Burns in the first place. So that's kind of where the roster bubble is in the infield. It's can anyone else perform well enough where the O's could still say, okay, we're going to keep Jackson Holiday down in AAA because there is certainly an argument for that to happen too. The O's could say, we want him to work on his defense more at shortstop and probably at second base. We want him to get more time in AAA. He only had 91 plate appearances in AAA Norfolk after he was called up there late last season. They might just say, we want him to have more playing time in Norfolk. Even the top prospects like Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman have had way more than 91 plate appearances in AAA before the Orioles finally called them up. And I understand that those guys were coming up at a very different time for the Orioles, right? Adley and Gunnar both debuted in 2022. Although the O's were turning things around, they were certainly not a World Series contending team at that point. It's now very different in 2024, and maybe you speed up the timeline of some of your top guys to help you win games. But I'm only saying Jackson Holiday on the opening day roster. I'm like 51% sure of that right now, and I'm just going with the guess. Like, there's a lot of me that would understand and wouldn't be surprised if he does start the season in AAA Norfolk. And that is where it would get interesting as well. Because again, they could hold him down to try and get that extra year of service time. They can hold him down and say, you know, he's working on his defense. They can hold him down and say, we just wanted him to get more plate appearances against AAA, against higher level pitching. There are a few other options if Holiday goes down and the O's still want to do seven infielders. Now, if they do send Jackson Holiday down to AAA to start the year, I actually think what they would do then is just go with the more regular six infielders and five outfielders. So you would have everyone that I just named minus Jackson Holiday, and then there'd be an extra spot for an outfielder. And we'll get to the outfield preview later this week on the pod where we'll really parse out who those guys could be, but it could open up a spot 
for a Colton Kowser maybe or a Heston Kerstad if they weren't initially there. Or it could reopen a spot for a Ryan McKenna or open a spot for a guy like Sam Hilliard, who's on the 40-man roster, to also make this team out of camp. But if they did go with the Holiday in AAA, and again, it's completely possible that it happens. Again, I'm 51 to 49 saying Holiday makes the opening day roster, so it's certainly a chance here. There is a few other options. Tyler Nevin is on the Orioles' 40-man roster. They reacquired him from the Tigers earlier this offseason. I really don't see Tyler Nevin making this team. I mean, maybe if he were a left-handed hitter, there'd be more of a chance because Elias has talked about wanting that. And yes, it's nice that he can play first base, he can play third base, and Nevin can play the corner outfield as well. He did all of that when he was in Baltimore the first time around, so he is versatile. And he plays some solid defense everywhere. It's just the bat. And I like Tyler Nevin as a prospect. I was excited about him. It's just the bat has never translated. It wasn't good in Detroit last year either in the big leagues. I just don't see it happening for Tyler Nevin. He's going to be given a shot to potentially make the team. I just, I don't think he's going to break through on this team, but he'll have a shot potentially. And if there is an injury, maybe there's a spot there. I just, with Arias and Mateo here, I, I don't see it for Tyler Nevin. And then the other guys could be, I mean, Nick Maton is here. Orioles brought him in from the Tigers earlier this offseason. I think Maton has a much better chance than Tyler Nevin would of making the roster. And here's where Maton's spot comes in. And I talked about this about a week and a half ago when Maton was brought in from Detroit. Maton's spot opens if Jackson Holiday does start the year in AAA, but the Orioles still really want a left-handed hitting second baseman. They don't have Adam Frazier anymore. And the rest of their infield, besides Gunnar Henderson, kind of the true, like, in-the-dirt infielders, would all be right-handers across the board. You would have Jorge Mateo, you would have Ramon Arias, you would have Jordan Westberg. Now, we do know Ramon Arias is a reverse splits guy. He hits righties better than he hits lefties, but you still want a left-handed bat in that group, besides Gunnar Henderson, who's going to play every day. So if they go Jackson Holiday to AAA, and they still maybe don't believe in Ryan McKenna, or they think Jorge Mateo can still handle that outfield spot, I think Nick Maton would be the go-to guy to get that spot. Yeah, he's a lighter-hitting infielder, but he can also play the outfield. He can play multiple positions. He's been in the big leagues with the Phillies and the Tigers over the past few years. Just like a solid depth bench guy to have on your team. And I think Maton would honestly certainly get that role if it came to that point and they sent Holiday down. Now, the other options who are kind of non-roster invites and... Again, not sure how much of a chance they're going to have. Jackson Holiday is a non-roster invite, but he's got a, a real chance. We'll talk about the prospects at the end of the pod that are in this group. But Diego Castillo, who I mentioned on yesterday's pod, a utility infielder, right-handed hitter who was claimed on waivers Friday and then was DFA'd Sunday. He's currently in DFA limbo. If he does clear waivers, the Orioles will hold on to him and put him in AAA Norfolk, but he would most likely stay in big league camp. So if that happens, he'll be an option. Again, a very much an outside option, but an option. And then you have the four catchers that are here as non-roster invites. You have Silas Ardoin, who was the fourth-round pick out of Texas for the O's in 2022. Really good hitter in AA last year. Really strong arm, good defensive catcher. I think Ardoin is currently the front-runner to be the backup catcher in 2025 once McCann is gone. Now that all kind of figures into where they put Samuel Basayo on the roster. But in terms of a true backup catcher, like they've been for years, Silas Ardoin could be your guy. David Benuelos is here on a minor league deal. He was in AAA with Minnesota and others over the past few years. He's more so just a AAA depth guy. 
Maverick Handley is in camp. Orioles' sixth-round pick in 2019, catcher out of Stanford. Got to AAA last year, didn't hit much. The defense is still elite behind the plate. Certainly an option to be the third catcher as well. And then the Orioles brought in Michael Perez on a minor league deal this year. He's been in the big leagues really since 2018. Now, he's never been anybody's everyday starting catcher, but he's been either a backup or like an up-down third catcher for the Mets and the Pirates and the Rays and others over the past few years. I would say Michael Perez probably has the lead role for the third catcher role, kind of the role that Anthony Bemboom has played for the Orioles for the last few years, but Bemboom signed a deal with the Tigers this offseason, so he is gone. Basically that move where, you know, you hope Adley stays healthy, and he has, but James McCann did have two stints on the IL last year, so if that happens again, and he is getting a little bit older, and as a catcher you get beat up, I think Michael Perez, if he elects to stay in AAA Norfolk, would be that first guy that they would call up just as, you know, a short-term, one-week, two-week, three-week replacement for James McCann to be the backup behind Adley. But the reason you have so many catchers in camp is because, listen, you got a lot of pitchers there. you got a lot of guys who need to catch bullpens. You only have two designated bullpen catchers. So these guys come up and they catch a lot of the pens, catching a lot of the games. You want to keep your catchers fresh, especially in spring training. Every single team has four, five, six, seven, eight-plus catchers. In big league camp, that is the issue here. But again, that third catcher role is open because Ben Boom is gone. I'd say Perez has the upper hand, but Maverick Handley could certainly put his name in the ring as well. So those are all the veteran guys. There are a few prospects, though, besides Jackson Holiday. He's obviously the top one in all of baseball in the Orioles system and has a real shot to make the opening day roster. But there's some other prospects who will be in camp, could make the opening day roster, more likely they're here later this year, but definitely will make an impact on the Orioles. We'll talk about them to finish off the pod coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the place to buy tickets because you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I just bought tickets on Game Time the other day to go to the Maryland basketball game next week. They were super cheap. It was super easy. I got four tickets, and guess what? The tickets were sent directly to my phone. Didn't have to dig through my texts or my email. They were right there. I can show the app at the gate and get into the game. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So to finish off today's Orioles infield roster preview, wanted to take a look at the prospects who are in the mix. And obviously we have already talked about Jackson Holiday. He is the number one prospect in baseball. And I think at this point, my prediction, he makes the opening day roster. But he's going to be right in there. Even if he doesn't, some point in the first half of the season, he's going to be up. But there are a couple more infield prospects who are here with the Orioles and at the very least in big league camp can make their name known. And the first one is Kobe Mayo, who is here as a non-roster invite. He is ranked as the number three prospect in the Orioles system by Just Baseball. And it's a guy with just insane power from the right side of the plate. Can play third base, can play first base. He has said already this camp that the Orioles have said, you know, you're going to stick at third base for now, but he has been working reportedly in right field throughout the offseason. It just gives him another option defensively. He was a monster in the minors last year. He crushed double A 
17 homers, a 603 slugging. They moved him up to AAA. And in about 300 AAA plate appearances, he had a 127 WRC plus, hit 267, 512 slugging, 12 homers, 16% walk rate is insane, and only a 23% strikeout rate is not bad either for a very young guy in Kobe Mayo. Now, right now, with all of the pieces in the infield that I've talked about on the opening day roster with Mateo and Arias and Westberg and all these guys fitting in, I don't quite see a path right now for Kobe Mayo to the opening day roster, but I certainly see a path on the Orioles' 2024 roster at some point for Kobe Mayo. This is just too big of a talent. The power is astronomical from the right side of the plate. If the O's feel he can play enough third base, he's going to come up at some point. Because at some point this year, you feel like a decision is going to be made on Mateo or Arias or both that like they're going to have to move on from them. And maybe Mayo is that guy that comes up. And listen, he is Rule 5 eligible after this season anyway. So the Orioles are going to have to in November, place him on the 40-man roster no matter what. So you might as well just get that process started early and at some point in the second half this year, call him up. And what I see from Kobe Mayo is very similar to what we've seen from like Heston Kerstad and Gunnar Henderson over the past few years. More seasoning, more seasoning throughout the year in AAA and then the O's offense needs a boost in August and September and you call up Kobe Mayo for the stretch run. That is what I see here. He could be a very special player. It's going to be fun to watch him in camp. Connor Norby is also in camp, second baseman, Orioles number six prospect, according to Just Baseball. Just a a good all-around hitter from the right side, uses the whole field, has good opposite field power as well. He was solid in AAA last year, over 600 plate appearances, 109 WRC+, hit 290, 21 homers, solid walk rate, okay strikeout rate. His bad ball quality went down a little bit this year in AAA. It was like his first full AAA season. 109.9 max exit velocity, pretty good, but only a 5% barrel rate, only a 36% hard hit rate. They lowered a bit for Norby. It's lower than you'd really want for a prospect of his caliber. And we could, I mean, I don't, Norby really for me has no shot at the opening day roster for the Orioles. We could see him at some point in Baltimore this year, but I see him as more of a Joey Ortiz path. Like the Orioles called up Ortiz in, you know, April and May last year because they had injuries to Arias and they needed an infielder and they brought up Ortiz because he was already on the 40 man. Now Norby's not on the 40 man, so it'd be a little tougher to make that quick call up like they did with Joey Ortiz. He just, and he's a little versatile, right? He can also play left field. He's been working on there along with second base. I just... He might be, now that Ortiz is gone, the most blocked good prospect in the Orioles system. I just don't see a way, especially with Holiday coming up to take over second base and Mayo, also a better player. I just don't see a spot for Norby. And I really do think at some point this year, between now and next spring training, I think I would be willing to bet a good amount of money that Connor Norby is traded to another team for a major league piece. I just think that is his future. It's nothing against him. I think he could thrive in another big league organization. I just don't see the path for him right now. And the last big prospect in the infield in camp is a catcher. It's 19-year-old Samuel Basayo, the Orioles' number two prospect. Fangraphs came out with their top 100 last week. They were the high man, Eric Longenhagen was, on Basayo, ranking him as the number seven ranked prospect in all of baseball. This time next year, he could be the Orioles' fourth consecutive number one prospect. That's how good he is. Insane power from the left side. Catching defense is getting better and better. Just absurd numbers he put up in Delmarva and Aberdeen and actually ended the year with two weeks in double-A Bowie as a 19-year-old to finish the season last year. That's where he'll begin the year. He's in big league camps just to get a look. 
Now, he does have a stress fracture in his throwing elbow, so he's not really throwing right now, but he is hitting. He is catching bullpens, just as not throwing to second or throwing the ball back to the pitcher. The O's said at some point in April he'll probably return to throwing in games. Again, no chance to be on the opening day roster. He has barely played at double A. He needs seasoning. I honestly don't see him being in the big leagues at all in 2024. Basayo is more of a 2025 option for the Orioles, but it's going to be a fun option when he gets there. He could be this like versatile backup catcher slash DHing. He can play some first base as well. The O's are going to be doing everything they can in 2025 to get Samuel Basayo into the lineup. It's going to be fun to see him play at the high minors. He'll have some struggles, right? He's 19 years old at double A AA and triple A this year. But he'll figure it out. He'll be really good. And again, unless something crazy happens, don't really see him this year. But 2025, the year of Samuel Basayo. And then in terms of just the infield in general, there's a few guys who aren't on this non-roster invite list, but will be floating around a bit for the Orioles. Taron Vavra is still returning from shoulder surgery. Kept him out for most of last year. You know, he's been in the big leagues each of the last two seasons, so he's still an option. You've got Greg Cullen, who's been kind of sitting around his depth in AAA, and Errol Robinson is another veteran infielder who the Orioles signed to a minor league deal this offseason. He'll be floating around in Bowie and Norfolk as depth just in case, but really don't see any of those guys getting to the big leagues. Obviously, Vavra would have the best chance of the three of them just because he's been there before, but just with the injuries and the infield depth, it feels like he's really been passed over. I mean, he's even no longer on the 40-man roster at this point, so it's going to be tough for him, but just a few more names who will at least be floating around in AAA just in case the Orioles would need them. But that's the Orioles infield preview. Let me know in the comments, do you think, A, Jackson Holiday will make the opening day roster, and B, do you think Jorge Mateo can be trusted in the outfield enough to stick on this Orioles roster? Again, put it in the YouTube comments, like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen on Spotify, on Apple Pods, wherever it is. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got two more episodes coming up later this week. We'll be chatting with Andy Koska of the Baltimore Banner, talking about, with Kyle Bradish out, can Corbin Burns and Grayson Rodriguez and the changes they've made be a top-flight one-two punch among starting rotations in baseball? And then we'll also have our outfield roster preview to finish up this roster preview series. But that's all coming up later on the week on the pod when we are back tomorrow. But until then... I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast. Your team, everything.